Runsack, Staffordshire and Cheshire, the show for news, features, reviews and all things running in your local area. Welcome to episode 47 of Runsack, Staffordshire and Cheshire. I'm Andy Vickerman. And I'm Gareth Copley-Jones. And I'm Glenn Badley. Wow, how about this, eh, mate? I'm, I'm oh, sure I am within two inches of you there. Well, we're trying, the, we're trying video, aren't we? Not because we think people probably want to watch our ugly mugs, but if you've listened, if you're regular listeners to the show, we have, do have the odd sound issue where we inter- sound like we're interrupting each other, and we're not. It's just sometimes the music or uh, the sound goes out of sync, so it makes one of us sound really rude. So we're going to try <laughs> yeah, it. And, um, <coughs> and see how you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So, now I've just finished painting the, um, the studio. I know. It looks fantastic. Yeah. When you're coming around to do mine. Oh, you can't, can you? Oh, as soon as Boris lets us, yeah. How are you then, Glenn? You, you need to be. I'm, well, I'm I'm not too bad now, not too bad. Yeah. But I've, I've been, uh, I've had this, uh, I've had this disease, mate. Yeah. So we're going to touch on that in a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, that is tonight's show. We're going to talk all things disease, COVID, um, coronavirus, uh, how it affects running, all things like that, and probably just have a catch up on where we're at in terms of running in the community at this moment in time because it's been a few weeks hasn't it we've had quite a few guests on the last few weeks we've not really actually had a chat during that time what have you been up to gareth over the last week um i've been running loads i did a 60 mile week the week before i done a 50 mile week last week i haven't been running like you see these people doing these really long runs but i haven't been running the really long runs that just like if you get out every day um, like the running club's got a virtual challenge at the moment, which is uh, run twenty four hours in the, in May, and it sounds a lot, but it's not really. It's, it's run for forty five minutes every day. So, um, so yeah, just running a lot. I feel really good. Um, obviously, there's no races, no park runs, nothing else to do. Um, finding a few new trails. Um, Finally, like bit the bullet and ran around Bunny Hill and places like that that I've never ran around. Have you found the trig point then? At Bunny Hill? Yeah. No. Oh, there you go. That's tomorrow's challenge then. Yeah, just in the woodlands at the top. I'll I'll give you a clue. Head to the highest point. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah... um, it's, but the, the internet's quite good, isn't it? Whilst, you know, a lot of inventive things going on on the internet. If you're on the North Staffs Roadrunners uh, Facebook, Ken has a quiz every night, do not he, where he, he asks you some sort of question, like how many women first ran the Utox Giraffe. He didn't ask that as a question, but <laughs> everyone gets on there. That's tomorrow's <laughs> question, then. That's tomorrow's question, yeah. So, so are you, you two both working from home, then? I am, yeah. Um, I I've been in work today. Yeah, I've been in work today. I go in one day a week, so it's quite nice actually. It breaks the week up. Something to look forward to. Um, so yeah, we're on a rotor at work, so just one of us goes in every day, um, and I, mine's Mondays. So yeah, I've actually seen the outside world today. I walked to work and I walked home, 
So I, I actually did a legitimate going out twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> the, the M6 is fantastic at the moment, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, actually, I've ran over it a few times and I keep thinking, shall I stop and take a photo of it? Because I'll never see it like that again. <laughs> Um, the, the only thing is, when all this is over, I want one of the lanes to be dedicated to key workers, because <laughs> otherwise I've got to sit back in all that traffic along with everybody else <laughs> when they get released by Boris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Glenn? What have you been up to this week? Uh, I'm I'm on a slow, very slow road to recovery, mate. And uh, the only the only good news is because everything's cancelled, there's no sort of time pressure on it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to uh, expand my lungs literally, uh, with every run I do. Cause, cause whilst I'm sort of walking around and I feel fine, you know, walking, running up and down stairs at work, no problem. As soon as you start to run, you then realize the, the damage it's done. You know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, and, and obviously it affects the lungs. Everybody knows it affects the lungs. And, and as a runner, yeah, obviously, yeah. You use your lungs quite a bit and uh, I'm slowly getting back into that so I did what did I do Saturday I did um, six just over six so 10k uh, Sunday I did five and then tonight I deliberately went and burst my lungs doing some hill reps because um, because that, cause that's what the last thing to uh, sort of recover is so yeah so I've been doing as much as I can as much as my body will allow but I'm giving myself another sort of three or four weeks to get back to where I was before, but that will have been like a seven-week recovery period. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long, slow job, mate. It's a long, slow job. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back on. Um, and yes. another question before we move on to um, other things. Who's the person in your uh, photo? Uh, oh, um, that's uh, Dean Karnazes. You should yeah, have heard Dean Conazzi's book. Very good. Ultra Marathon Man. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. good book. Read it on a plane going somewhere. He's the bloke that runs around and eats pizzas a lot. That's him. No, that's me. That's, that's him. me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, went, he went. He didn't really start running until quite late in life. I think he was about 30 odd, and he had a 30th birthday party, and he all went out with his mates. And uh, this is how his book starts, and he's he's in a bar with his mates, and he's, he's sort of off had a skinful, and then he just decides he's going to start running, and he goes start. He says, "Right, I'm off." And his, his mates say, where, "Where are you going?" And he says, "I'm going, going, going for a run." And said, "But you don't run." He says, "I think I need to start running." So he walked out, and he just started running, and just ran all night, and then ended up sort of fifty mile away, and had to phone his wife, and she says, "Where are you? You didn't come home last night." And he says. I mean, it's such and such a place. Obviously, he's American. It's such and such a place. And she says, what are you doing there? He says, I'm, I'm just running it. So she had to go pick him up. And from that moment, he, he sort of had a massive revelation, just started running. The guy the guy is just like pretty pretty much Mr. Ultraman. He, he started it all off pretty much. and uh, But but he's, he's generated loads for charity over the years. There's loads of stuff on YouTube. He's, he did... Um, 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days, that kind of a challenge. Um, but he's really well known, really well known in the ultra running circle. Sounds like something Bill would do. I knew that. I knew that with my little, you know. All oh, right. Ultra, I knew that. Be- because you're going to be an ultra runner when you come out of this lockdown. 
Well, I'm quite taken by the trails, but I don't. I, I do quite like just doing an hour and a half around Hanchurch and coming back. So, yeah, I'm doing it for a day doesn't really. Good stuff. Right. Um, well, we've had a few race cancellations in the last couple of weeks, so I thought we'd share them. I'm presuming most of you'll know. Um, Congleton Half Marathon, that's gone. So that's now going to be 2021 before we can run that. Spring treble, that, that's also gone. Um, I'm trying to think now off the top of my head. I knew I should have made notes. There's lots, there's lots that have been pushed back. Do you know what I got the other day? Yeah. Um, I've got these lovely... It's one video, you see. I've got to share this with you. So I've got this lovely collection of... I'm not going to see them with my yeah. virtual back. An invisible book, but yeah. My North Staffs Roadrunner books... You know, because if you remember the North Stats Roadrunners, Ken sends you a lovely uh, thing through the post, uh, you know, a little uh, magazine that tells you what's going on in North Stats. And because of the COVID thing, they did a special digital one. And because I'm paying them like I am, I printed it off. So hopefully you can see it It's messing with me. It's good that So, yeah, so I've got all the... um, the latest North Staff's news in my uh, thing. So if you are on Facebook, get on uh, there and you can download their newsletter because it's not going to come in the post. Brilliant. So, yeah. Well, the life of a uh, furloughed photographer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ever being furloughed. Um, I've got bits of work to do. But, oh, right, okay. Yeah, no, like I say, um, yeah, there's been a lot of races. And, well, they've sort of been moved back aren't there oh, so well, every forward. every race has been moved back but yeah there's a couple that have definitely gone now like I say Spring Travel's going to be in 2021 um, Congleton Half's gone Utoxeter Half I'm not sure if they know what's happening with that yet obviously trying to tie the race course down to um, be able to use that during another time of the year when that's going to be very busy um, I think that's an all good one as well but at the moment that's still going ahead um, but I, th- I think everywhere's just struggling to try and fit it into the calendar because there's so much going on already in that part of the year. Mm. Uh, the um, the M2L50, Manchester Liverpool 50, that's been moved back to 2021. Um, and Pennine Barrier, which uh, normally takes place July, that's moved back into the autumn as well. I are think they... everybody's sort of shuffling back, but looking for a slot, aren't they, really? Yeah. Are they just deferring all the people that have already entered back to then now? Or, or if they, yeah, yeah, so the, the, so I, I was I was training for the N2L and um, they've moved that back to 2021 and, and either you could sort of cancel your entry or just straight deferment. So I just straight deferment, no yeah. problem. Um, but but I, I don't know how many people have actually cancelled because at the weekend um, it went back on sale for, for next year. So because it was full. Yeah. So I don't know how many people, how many slots there is left, but uh, but yeah, they managed to get the Chester fifty done as we know just before yeah. shutdown and uh, they're shuffling everything back now. What date is the M two L normally then? Uh, it starts. It's it's Good Friday, whenever Good Friday falls. So I think that's the second of April next year. It was the tenth of April this year. Right, okay. So good stuff. Right then, should we crack on with the show? Yes. Uh-huh. Let's crack on. Well, thanks for coming back on, Glenn. I know you're um, our third leg, so to speak. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> um, so, 
We know we've not heard from you for a while, and we've not told the listeners why, so, but you wanted to come on and explain what's been happening. So I'm not going to probe you, I want you to um, tell us in your own words what you've been up to, and uh, I think you've alluded to it a little bit in the intro, but uh, yeah, tell us exactly what's happened and um, how it's affected you. Yeah, so... Uh, I think the last time I was on, I was I was just coming back from from an injury. I'd been to a physio about my knee, and then I got and pulled my calf, which was because I was running properly, and it, it sort of made my legs the same length. And I was kind of just coming back from injury and just building back up again, ready for this end to L fifty. And I got a few shorter things coming up. I was going to do um, as it there was a Cheshire race, a ten k um, at Ardley Hall that got cancelled as well. Uh, that turned into a virtual race. Um, so I was kind of doing fast work ready for this 10K, but then doing me longer runs at the weekend ready for M2L. So it'd be the 21st of March, going back to 21st of March, just after when the government were sort of closing everything down. And I'd done, I'd been out on the, the Saturday and I'd done a, uh, a 20 mile run um, and then backed that up on the Sunday with a, an 11 mile run. And then the plan was on the Monday night to go and do a, 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 a for me, a fast sort of five mile, um, which I did. And the 23rd of March, which was that Monday, was like, I think it was either freezing or minus one. So I'd been, been out, I'd done this five mile, been to work in the day, gone, gone and done my run. And I got back in and I was absolutely freezing. And I stood there and I started sort of dithering, shaking. And I thought, God, this, you know, it's it's me wet, wet, wet uh, top against my skin. So I, I thought, well, I'll go upstairs and I'll put a hoodie on, I'll put some jogging bottoms on, and I did that and come back downstairs, and I was still shaking, like, like I got like, um, you know, like a bit of a chill. I just couldn't get warm for, you know, I wasn't coughing or anything. I just couldn't get warm. So I said to them, they said, I'm going to go to bed, and I, I'm, I, I need to get under some sheets here. I'm freezing. I've, I've obviously breathe in some really cold air I've got to chill so I went to bed um, and then I, w- I woke up on the uh, Tuesday morning and the bed was absolutely ringing wet I basically just and it's not going to sound nice but I basically just sweat everything out of me but I sat on the edge of the bed and I felt okay um, obviously I completely sweat and everything so I felt okay so I got ready to go work I went work no problems during the day on the Tuesday. I got back home feeling fine. And as I walked in the door, I went like I was going to collapse. I, I just went completely, completely weak, sort of from everything just completely went away from me. And I said, I, I don't feel right here. So I, I, so my wife said, well, go get something to eat and then go get yourself in bed. So I went and just warmed some soup up and it tasted foul. I mean, it was just veg- normal Heinz vegetable soup, and it was awful. It just tasted, and I didn't know whether it was a dodgy can or what, but it was awful. This isn't this isn't this um, a slagging match for Heinz, by the way, if you're watching. No, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. There's a reason why it didn't taste right. Yeah? So, so I, went, I basically went to bed and I crashed out, you know, um, and then about 11 o'clock, my wife came up and said, are you okay? And I, I said, don't feel right. And I, I, I was literally, I was sweating, but I was cold at the same time. 
Um, so I, I went back downstairs and I had a tablet and uh, phoned into work and I said, I don't think I'm going to be coming in tomorrow. I just don't, I'm not right. I've got a, a temperature, I think. And we got one of them mobile, well, not mobile, these little digital thermometers. And I popped that in and I was 103, um, which is obviously way, way like a fever. Um, so I thought, oh, I think I've got it here. And it didn't bother, it didn't bother me particularly. I mean, I... I, I'm rarely ill, so the the fact I got it just told me that it must be that. I assumed it was that, and I went to bed, and it was like I don't know if anybody's ever had heat stroke, but you kind of go delirious where where you start hallucinating and things like that, and that's how I was throughout the night, and that was because of the temperature, obviously. Um, so by the morning, I got up got up in the morning, well didn't get up, I, I woke up in the morning and took my temperature, and it's down to 102, and. Uh, and I, I just lost all appetite. Um, but I knew as long as I was drinking, that was fine. But it was hard work just finding, wanting to drink. I, you know, it was just too much effort to just lift a glass up. And I was aching all over. Hadn't got any headaches. You know, there's a lot of people say they have headaches, a lot of back pain, stuff like that. Hadn't got anything of that. And also, I hadn't really got a bad cough. Um, so the, for the first time, I stood up to go to the toilet. And the toilet is literally sort of five minutes away. And my breathing was fine. And I, wa- I stood up, felt a bit dizzy, walked to the toilet and had to grab hold of the sink whilst I got my breathing back. I was literally panting like a dog, just trying to get my breathing back. And, and I had to, you had to, you know how you sometimes you have to really concentrate. If you climb up a hill and you've really put everything in, you reach the top and you need to regulate your breathing before you kick back in again. It yeah, was yeah. that kind of feeling, just walking to the loo. And that's, that's basically how it was for the next sort of three days and nights. At night, I was in and out of sleep. I was constantly sweating. I, I then moved into a, a spare room and slept in a sleeping bag where I could, every time I woke up soaking, I could just sort of unzip, dry off, and then zip back up again. But the effort to go to the toilet and to get a drink off the side, I, I remember spending sort of, 20 minutes arguing with myself was it worth rolling over so I could get a drink because I was aching that much um but over the course of two three days and nights my temperature came down to about 98 which obviously is slightly high but it was wasn't classed as a fever I'd been having paracetamol and at that point I stopped so this was started on the Tuesday and this was now Friday so the Friday, I got up, went downstairs for the first time and sat on the settee and within sort of 20 minutes, I'd fallen asleep again. Uh, came back to bed and then did the same thing on the Saturday. I had my first shower for three or four days, got enough energy to do that. But every time I made a move, I was like panting just to, to get me breathing back under control, which was the worst part for me. Um and then on Saturday afternoon, I lay down on the settee and I must have fallen asleep. And I woke up on the, the Saturday night and um, I, I could feel myself burning up. So I took my temperature again and I was back up, back up to 103. And at that point, I started to panic a little bit because um, obviously I thought I'd sort of gone through the worst of it, come out the other end. And then I had this spike in temperature again. So obviously we've been talking to the, the helpline 101. And at that point they said, right, you need to get into hospital. Um, <laughs> then ensued a massive argument between me and my wife where she says, come on, you've got, you've got to go hospital. 
And I said, I am going to hospital. And she says, you've got to go to hospital. I said, I'm not going in hospital. She says, you just need to go and get checked out. Make... I said, look, I know I've got it. I said, they're not going to tell me any different. I said, I'm not walking into a hospital. I feel as weak as anything. I'm obviously very, uh, very susceptible to picking up things at the moment. My immunity was crap. And I said, I'm not walking to somewhere where there's going to be stuff being passed about where I could end up being a lot worse. She says, but you can't breathe properly. You aren't eating. You haven't eaten now for four or five days. You're only drinking bare minimum and your temperature's shot back up. So anyway, so I sent her back out for some more paracetamol and I went back to bed and literally I never moved for the next three or four days. Exactly the same. Fine when I wasn't moving. As soon as I moved, out of breath, panting. And um, as I say, I, I lay there for another week. So it was like 10, 11 days of lying in bed, apart from the two times I got up and nipping to the loop. But every time I got up, like I say, no breath at all. And then um, and then I started developing a, quite a bad cough. And, and, and this is not going to sound nice either. And then you start to bring up all kind of crap out of your lungs. And it's this thick brown yuck which is basically your dead lung cells that it's attacked um but i was i was at this point i was okay i was panicking on the saturday for a, a little bit because i'd sort of thought i was over it and then i wasn't and i thought i can't go into hospital um but then i slowly started to pick back up so after two weeks i then went back into work and i probably went back in maybe two or three days too early because i was i was pretty much spaced out um and pretty much a month after I ran for the last time, so I did the 20-miler, the 11-miler, and the 5-miler. And on Saturday, the 11th of April, I did the first run. And literally, I'd, I'd spent the week at work, and I thought, well, if I'm good enough, go work, I can start running again. And uh, the guy I ran with said, well, just let's just, just jog around, dead slow, four miles. Now, four, four, <laughs> four miles isn't anything for me. And... I had to stop and walk half a mile. I was I was panting literally by the end of the road. I'd got no no lung capacity whatsoever. And as I say, four miles and I had to walk half a mile of that. And that was me really pushing it and trying to, to get as much out of my body as I could. The next day I did uh, six miles, but again I had to walk about a mile of that. Um, but I knew that I had to keep on sort of filling my lungs to try and improve uh, the capacity. Um, and then fast forward to now, which is sort of three weeks into it since I got over it. And uh, the weekend I did a 10K and then a, a five-miler on Sunday. And to be honest, I felt pretty comfortable with that. And when I'm running on the flat, I'm fine. But then as soon as I hit a hill... I can feel it back into my lungs again. And and I'm really struggling to run up hills. Um, I'm forcing myself to do it because I know that's what I've got to do, which is why tonight I've been doing some hill repeats to really sort of try and expand my lungs and, and, and sort that part out. But uh, but when you look at it, it'll be, I reckon, about seven weeks from when I got over it to when I will be back to where I was before all of it started. It's not nice. I can understand why a lot of old people uh, are dying from it. and, uh, I, and But I'm also aware that 90% of people are going to get it. And, and, and hopefully a lot of people will just breeze through it or have a mild symptoms and everything. Um, 
I mean, I, I had probably quite a bad dose, but the, but there's people a lot worse than me that, that are obviously ventilated and stuff like that. But I'm thinking, well, I, I class myself as pretty fit. And um, to come off a weekend where I was feeling good and then to have that problem with my lungs and still have a problem now, um, sort of five, five weeks after the event and probably another two weeks worth of recovery for those coming up. You know, I mean, if, if, if you've got any kind of lung issue, it, 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 I can see why it's a killer. Great stuff. Well, well, I've got one comment on that that I must have had it as well because I struggle to run up hills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what advice would you give to people um, then if, if they think that there's a possibility of them getting it or if they feel that they might have it as a runner what would you give somebody some advice to um well to do something about it or something like that i don't i don't know yeah i mean i mean clearly um if if you're a doctor you'd say make sure that you are clear of all symptoms first and i did in fairness um because that week before i started to run where i was going to work i mean any normal person that didn't run you would think you were completely fine. But then as soon as you start to run, you start to put strain on your body. That's when that's when you find out that you're not fully recovered. And in hindsight, even though four miles wasn't a lot, maybe I should have started walking before running, um, literally walking before you run, um, because it, it felt like it was when I was 18, 19, when I, when I first started running and, you know, I sort of, wanted to run two miles and then had to run half a mile, walk half a mile and, and feel a bit embarrassed about the fact that I couldn't even run two miles. And I couldn't believe in the space of three and a half weeks, I'd gone from being able to tick over easily 20 miles to literally not being able to, to do a four mile run without stopping and walking. Um, and because, because there's no races going on, there is no time pressure. Um, so, so for me, because of the way I am, I like to have everything planned out. So I'm sort of giving myself till the end of May to get fully recovered back to where I was 20 miles, you know, 20 mile an hour, 20 mile an hour, 20 mile runs. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to do a virtual 10 K at the end of May, uh, to sort of signal the fact I'm, I'm back to where I was, but you, you've really, really got to take it steady uh, and, and just li- listen to your body and, and, and although you've got to keep on working your lungs, because it's important that you work them and sort of expanding it, take it really slow. Give yourself seven to eight weeks to get back to where you were before. And as I say, with, with all these races being cancelled, there is no time pressure. It's better to allow your body to recover properly. And it will. And, you know, I mean, it affects people in different ways as well. I've, I've got people at work that have had it and it's, it's really hit their kidneys. Now, I didn't have any problem with my kidneys. You know, mm. so you, you've really just got to let, let it take its course. But then on the recovery period, once, you, once you're over the actual illness itself, give yourself two months to fully recover, taking it steady and building it back up. And don't try and push it too much because literally you'll feel bloody awful. Great stuff. It's, it's what, like John was saying last week, he was sort of saying when you do a big effort or a... Um, a long run, you, your your immunity drops, and that's when you you know you're prone to catch these you know colds, uh, mm. 
out of the flu or the coronavirus, you know. So there is no need to train hard or do anything hard at the moment, you know. So uh, just keep ticking along, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was fantastic. Thanks, Glenn. Um, I'm sure that will have opened a lot of people's eyes um, that listen to the podcast. Certainly has mine. Um, Should we have a little chat about where we think we're going with the COVID-19 and with running itself? Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Glenn? Where where do you think we're at at the moment? And when do you think we'll all be able to start running together again? And things like that. Well, very, very quickly, I mean, because I don't think we've got too long left on this, have we? But uh, very quickly, I, I think I've read a lot about it. I've heard a lot about it. And I think that the country, basically 90% of the country is going to have to get it. That's, I think, pretty obvious. Now, the problem is that we don't know what 90% of how much of the country's actually had it. Like you just said, you know, some people are saying, well, I had a cold in December. I, I had a bit of a, a flu in January, they might have had it. Unfortunately, they haven't got a reliable test to say, yes, you've had it. What they can do now is if you think you've got it, you can go and get a test. Well, that's no good for everybody else. So there's all these people who are self-isolating and in lockdown, and and nobody really knows how many people who are sitting in their houses now have already had it and have therefore got immunity, and they don't know for how long. So so this 90% of people that are going to get it I think that's the big uncertain part. What will happen as soon as they release lockdown is there will be a spike. and Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that people think that this lockdown means that they are protecting themselves um, what, you know, so that when they are released, then they are safe. And that's not, not true. Once they're released, they, they are going to be exposed to the virus. Now, Hopefully, as I say, some people get it really mild. Some people get it really bad. And unfortunately, there will be people that, again, will continue to die from it um, whilst we continue with this virus spreading about. And the government keep on talking about this this all level of, of infection. Mm. Um, but, but what will definitely happen, as soon as they release lockdown, there will be a spike. But that is natural for it to be a spike. And more people have got to get it, to get through it, to pass the virus on so that everybody gets immunity. And the only thing to stop that will be if they actually develop a vaccine, which, let's face it, isn't going to happen until next year. I'm really worried for the people over sort of 65, 70, because, because they are going to be more susceptible when they get this disease to actually being able to get through it. And in terms of running, um, I think they will. I think anything before September is is a non-starter, even though there are some things still on. And I think in September, I think the government might put a stipulation in terms of the number of people that can uh, enter large races, even if they are sort of non-crowd uh, races. Um, and I think race directors are going to have to look at things like starting off uh, on staggered starts, having chip timers so that the, the, you're basically doing a time trial. I think that's where it's going. Um, smaller fields, I don't think there'll be a problem, but I think sort of anything more than 500, I think I think we won't be seeing a normal race until next year. Brilliant. You got anything to add to it's that, Gareth? Yeah, well, no, just like it's difficult, isn't it? Because social distancing, this two-metre rule is going to be around for... Gosh, it's going to be around for a long time, and it? It's going to be around... Until next year, you know, I, 
I'm involved with sport and football and cricket and stuff like that. And these are going to be crowds at football and cricket matches for another 12 months, really, if, if anyone's being honest. You know, so the idea of 500 people all gathered in a, a small area waiting for Ken Rushton to say, ready, steady, go, you know, it just you just can't see it happening, you know. As obviously, if they do bring it back and the smaller fields are going to have to be rules, people are going to have to wear gloves, you know, like, like things like Parker and you're handing out the tokens, and I imagine there's going to have to be some sort of gloves. There'll be a no spitting rule. I know we all try as best not to spit when we run, but people do, you know, occasionally find themselves having them to have a little spit. You know, it's a nasty habit, but people do it, and it, it will be a, a definite no-no for running. So I, I'm a little bit more negative uh, about it all. But, yeah, but we can only play, you know, go week by week, month by month, from what the government tells us. So races are just going to get put back. Well, races that were in April are going to get moved to September, the London Marathon in October. You know, yeah. is it going to happen? Well, is it just going to well cur- currently, the all races with the is it UKA or England Athletics are banned up to the end of June, aren't they? So that's where we're at at the moment. So, But, I mean, it's more than likely that it will get extended. Um Obviously, yeah. we'll find out later oh. on this week as to what the plans are. Yeah, I don't think park runs and races are going to come back anytime soon, but hopefully running clubs might come back, you know, and running groups, you know. They'll probably come back sooner, cause, you know, like if you've only got 50 members or something like that in the group, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? And, and do you know what? Running clubs hopefully are going to benefit from this because there's shed loads of people out there that you never ever see, and which is really good. You know, I mean, they're obviously keeping fit, and hopefully, they'll keep that going, and hopefully, join a running club once once all this is over anyway. Yeah, no, that's been a big plus point. You know, everyone's been out running, discovered a love for it. Are people going to go back and join their local gym again, or they're just going to go? Actually, just going out for a run's quite nice. I know it's going to be a bit different when it turns to autumn and winter and it gets a bit cold, but, you know. But, uh, yeah, people have got the running book at the moment, so that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, have we got anything else to add to that? We just keep going around in circles. Is there anything else to add that people don't already know about? Andy. We just have to be positive, mate, don't we? That's it. Shall we end on? Shall we end the conversation on a positive note? Go on, Glenn. Give us one positive thing. One positive. Well, when I get in the car tomorrow morning, the motorway is going to be clear, and I'm driving to work in less than an hour. I'm spending less time <laughs> driving, which means more time for running. Yeah, is that positive enough? Go on, Gareth. Your turn. Yeah, I'm looking forward to arriving at football games, you know, 20 minutes before the start and there's no traffic in just back at the <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it is positive. Everyone's getting out. I'll tell you what is a really positive thing. Uh, Brian Dale, um, who's at all the races, he does all the photography at all the races. On his website, he's put like old photos from mm. previous races. Have a look on there. There's some cracking pictures. Yeah, so that's uh, they'll, they'll, that'll bring some smiles to your faces. I've enjoyed... The community spirit that has been rekindled, I think um, people have rediscovered the families and the local communities a lot more, and I think that's that's been 
brilliant. I think that's worth the sacrifice of seven or eight weeks just for that to happen again. And it feels it feels a bit more like the eighties when I was a kid and you used to have street parties and things like that. Um, yeah. I do feel like that's where where we're at. Maybe it's just a bit of nostalgia on my own part. But um, anyway, thanks very much. Sorry, mate. Go on. No, I was saying there's a lot of aspects of this uh, that are very good, aren't they? You know, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of aspects that are absolutely tragic. But you know, oh yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, it thanks was. very much. Um, Glenn, what are you going to be up to this week? Uh, well, well, I've got another couple of nights to training and then uh, the weekend I'm taking it up to 10 miles on the Saturday and uh, eight on the Sunday. And then the week after, take it up to hopefully 20 miles. And the week after that, I'm going to do this 10K virtual race that I should have done four weeks ago when I was bad. Well, I'd like to have a chat about that with us, with somebody sometime. So perhaps we can have a a chat with you when you actually do it uh, or maybe just before yeah, you can got, tell us all about it we've got you... 20 seconds left I think on this recording mate. okay well shall we sign off then have a great week yeah. Gareth keep run sacking keep run sacking everyone see you later see ya